0: Is really such an honor for me um, just to uh, seek God for something that He has for us for this year going forward. I think it's for, for us, it's the benefit of a new year, does something within us with God? He's always the same, and although He moves in uh, times and seasons, He Himself, there's no difference between 2018 and 2019, He's always good always wants the best for us. His plan and purpose has never changed. It's just we're going to move into a place of being more in line with what he wants. So I, I believe, if, if I've heard right on the uh, podcast, Dan's already input as to what the theme is for us um, in Life Churches, I think, in 2019. Um, it's from Daniel 11:32. The people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And he's uh, dividing that up into the three things, uh, three constituent parts of it for uh, the year. That is to know God, to grow in God, and then to go in God. But just as I was thinking about that, I was challenged that what we don't do in response to those things is set ourselves back in the sense of, okay, so the first quarter is no. So therefore, we can just sit and reflect and just you know kind of moves on down listen to what people have to say and it's not until the end of the year we actually have to do something but i don't believe that's god's heart for us at all in that as we're exploring these different facets actually i can still know grow and go in the first one of knowing that i don't need to wait until i think all oh, right i've had three months of knowing god now i'll actually start and do something but no i can receive from god what he has for me today to know of him today, that will cause me to grow in him today, that will cause me to go out from him in today. Okay? What I'd like to do, if you would just, if you, are you all comfortable? Great. Could you stand up for me? I just, I just Hannah um, uh, Stoltz did this in Bath, and I just think it's, it, I, was, I was really just encouraged by it, and when we read the word, we stand not that we are elevated above anything else, but there's a sense of attention in uh, reading God's word. And I just want to read two things to you. If, you can, uh, if, you've, got, if you've got your Bibles, iPads or what have you, um, the first thing that I wanted to read was in Ephesians 1 and verse 17. It says, this was Paul's prayer. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. And revelation, so that we may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That's in Ephesians one, and then secondly, a second scripture, in Philippians three, verse seven. Which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, so and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you, Lord, Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word's alive, it's active. Father, it's there to build us up. Lord, it's there to reveal something about who you are. So we're going to look at what it is to know God. And I am not the expert, and I don't believe anybody in here would actually volunteer themselves as an expert. But all I can do is share what God's shown me, and out of um, just studying for this, but also in our own walk. But of course, our own walk, and our own experience, and our own knowledge of God is individual to us. So it's not that that becomes a pattern, but it just becomes a testimony of what it it has been. So first of all, I think I, I look back as to what knowing God was like for Adam and Eve in the garden when God first created them. You know, I believe that they were more aware of God than they were of their actually earthly circumstances. That their knowledge of him their knowing of him was such that they were aware of him just walking in the garden, just talking with him. They just had a natural lifestyle, a natural rhythm of knowing God. This is before, obviously, the fall. And that is what God wants back for us, that we will just be a people who are so comfortable with him in that supernatural realm. They lived on earth, they tended the garden, they were there, but yet they just had such a close encounter daily encounter with God it was just that was just part of their life and uh, I I was surprised in a way this is just a thought I was surprised when I looked at it I thought if that was their knowledge and understanding of God that's how they knew God why on earth would you go and pick a piece of fruit for another little bit of knowledge that was inferior to what you already had I don't know but it just brought me back to understand this is God's heart. This was why he created us, that he could fellowship with us, that he could just enjoy hanging out. But going, but also encouraging us in things that we face in life. But he's there, right there alongside, right there with us to help, to be an encouragement, but just to enjoy life together. So if you like, if we kind of, from an illustrative point, we're over, we're over here and we're having a wonderful time with God, then the fall comes. And we, come, we became separated from him. And the barrier effectively came in, a curtain, something that divided us from God. But. But God. But God had a plan. And in sending his son, he caused that barrier to be removed. So the curtain in the temple, which was a, a, um, actually a graphical thing here on earth, was split in two. Because God says, You can now have free access back to me. So Jesus came on the cross, and in dying for us, He opened the way to us to move from where we were back into a place of perfect fellowship with the Father. To be in that relationship that says, God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing with me today? What is it that you have for us today? What is going on today? Lord, just talk with me. Walk with me. That was God's intention. And through Jesus, that's what we have the ability to walk into. In 2 Corinthians 3, it says, Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiling faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Our relationship with him began or re- was reborn when we came to a knowledge of him for me. It may have entered for many of us as a start of, of a, if you like, a mental exercise. So if somebody is sharing their life with you or you've attended a, a church service that you've heard about what God has done and what Jesus has done, and that's all that happens to start with. We just hear something in our minds, but something of it from our minds moves to our spirits that says, that's what I want, that's what I believe to be the case, more than just an understanding. I can only share this for for myself. I was um, brought up in a Christian home, and I knew of the things of God, that was the parents were very faithful in teaching us in that. Um, we attended church, knew the Bible, um, would pray. And theologically, I don't know where this fits, but in a sense, it doesn't matter. For me, it was about an encounter with God. So this is how life was, and, and, and we went along and attended this. We were you know, active in a church. But I came to the realization of, God, I know about you but I don't know who you really are. I don't know you. And um, it took me to actually say, God, this is, if you're not real, this is all rubbish. What I'm doing, what I'm involved with is just exercises and no more than that. And so that was kind of a, uh, for me, it was quite an admission um, because it almost went against everything that had been brought up. But that was it. And, And that's all that happened. And I just declared to God, God, this is not real for me. It needs to be real for me. But I went away from that time, still knowing, God, you're not real to me, but I know you are. You are real. You're just not real to me right now. And nothing happened. No bright lights, no great sound from heaven, no angel showed up. Um, at that point. What did happen though, and I'm gonna do a John Washko if I'm not careful at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so i'm uh, i'm just there playing uh, just just one night um just at home uh just playing a keyboard there and i sorry i started to play a song um just i'm not singing it i don't have a good voice for singing i'm just playing the song but i can hear the words and uh, it's actually an old hymn um which is uh, a hymn called and can it be and the chorus to that His amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? All of a sudden, I realized and understood and came to a knowledge of him, that what he had done, of something that I knew. I knew he died on the cross, but all of a sudden, my spirit came alive to it and says, Now I understand what that means. What he actually did for me is something that's alive. And that encounter then transformed everything else that came thereafter that. Because there was an understanding, there was a knowledge of him rather than just about him. But that's my, if you like, Little story, little snippet. That doesn't mean to say yours would be different. Sorry, that yours would be the same. It can be different. But what is important is that you have an encounter with the living God that moves and ensures that your knowledge of him becomes somebody that you know who he is rather than just about him. Knowing God first results or the first result of that is then I become to know who I am. Once I know who he is. As I know that Dan has mentioned before, who God is to you will be who God will be through you. So it's um, coming on me to discover what is my father like, because that will determine what I'm going to be like over here. And if I believe God has placed me on this earth to be a representative of who he is, I need to know what he's like. Otherwise, how else? It's just wild guess, wild speculation. But understanding who he is and coming to a knowledge of him then says, okay, God, do that in me. What you're like, let me become what you're like. The other thing that occurs, I believe, as we begin to know God is that we start to identify the things in us or we see the things in us which are not like him. I did it then nearly. Okay, so... What happens is I'm starting to enjoy, so as we're enjoying a walk with God, as we're beginning to know him more, you start to recognize just the Holy Spirit is so faithful just to say, perhaps that little thing, that's not really what God's like. And it helps me not to expose me, but God's point is he wants me to be changed from glory to glory. And therefore what he's revealing to about me when he shows himself is just things he said, you could do better if you let go of that. That's not doing you any favours. This is who I'm like. I'm not like that. Just line yourself up. And that's God's intention. He's always good. What he has for us is always for our best. Nothing else. It might feel occasionally uncomfortable, but it's not about that. It's about being a reflection of who he is. Because God knows that's what we're going to enjoy. So, knowing God, then, how do we do this? We can talk about it, but what's involved in it? How can we do it? I'm afraid. No, I'm not afraid. There are unpopular words that go with, I believe, an encounter and knowing God. Things like diligence, discipline, devotion, demonstration, desire. But that's not to scare us. It's just to understand what this is all about. There is no, I don't believe there's any easy route. In knowing God, because knowing God is about a relationship with Him, and as we know, any relationship, if it's going to develop, is going to take time. It's going to take effort, persistence, faithfulness. If we want to know somebody, we need to get to know them. We need to spend time with them, live their life with them. Because I believe there's, diff- there's obviously there's different levels. I can know somebody, and my knowledge of them will be no more than a British. It's a bloke, you know, nod, which says, yeah, okay, I'll acknowledge you. That's as much. You know, or it can be even more British of, hello, John, nice to meet you. And that's as far as my knowledge goes of him. Know his name, know his face, but that's it. But then there's another knowing which goes even deeper, where even by a single word, what you can convey is something of that person's heart and life experience you've had with them, so I can say to Keris the word linens. For all of you, that means absolutely nothing. For her, uh, for her and me, it refers to France and a holiday and my brother and an incident involving somebody. It conveys something huge. There's a whole story behind that, but actually, only only one word is required. And that just shows the, de- the depth of there. And I believe that's something for all of us, that we ca- God actually can speak one word to us. His Holy Spirit can speak one word, and it transforms our life. The impact to us is huge. No relationship of a value or depth is built in an instant or through a casual encounter. And God is more passionate about knowing me and perhaps at times I am of knowing him, that his response is he's almost just like the, um, the prodigal father or the prodigal son who referred, the father straining to look. Is he coming back? Is he coming back? I believe that's God's approach with us. He's all the time is, are you going to give me your attention because I'm here right now? I'm ready for you. And all of the time, that's where he operates. He desires to have a relationship with us. That's what he wants, to have a relationship as he did in the garden. A dialogue, a daily dialogue. And God's saying, he's there waiting. Are you going to speak to me? Because I'm ready to speak to you. And that's not to put anything down on us. That's just who he is. That's just who he is. So I've just got some things then to, uh, to go through just to give us perhaps little helpful pointers. That's all they are. They all begin with S. So we've got something. I mean, some of my English um, falls down, but it still begins with S, okay? So the first, the first thing for us actually is, is kind of three things together is to stop and be still and be centered. It begins with S, <laughs> I could say that's how we spell it in England, but, uh, you know, that's, that's not the case. But I think in this, particularly for, uh, for us, in the generation that we live in, we are all go, go, go. That's what we are. Go, fast, demand, want this, move on. And that, I think that actually, it's, it's not, that's just what life It's recognizing that's where we are in life. But actually the time to stop, be still. And be centered from where we are. If you remember, that was the thing which happened with Moses. And he was walking in the desert, obviously, and the, the, the bush caught fire. And I always thought that was amazing to see a bush catching fire until you understand that actually a bush catching fire in the desert happens all the time. It's just that they, burn, they just burn, they just ignite, burn up, and they're gone. The issue was the fact that this bush was burning, but it was not consumed. And that's what caused his attention. And that's when he was drawn aside. But again, it was God who initiated it. And that's through all of this, knowing God does require us, and it requires something for us to stop, to be sensitive, to be still before God. But he's already taken the initiation first, just like he did with Moses. And it was just Moses' response to us. We need to rest for a day just in a culture that does not stop. Psalm 46 and 10 is, be still and know that I am God. Matthew 11, come unto me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. God wants to draw us aside just to be with us. And for what we're, for what we're doing, we can be, certainly for me, I am in whatever these languages are, I am a doer. So I just want to do stuff. And actually for me, sitting down doing nothing is really tough. Because it's just like, I'm starting to get a bit twitchy, you know. And what, what can I do? And I've just had, that's just been a process. Uh, just a process to say, God, I'm just going to sit here and listen. Because my other thing would be, I want to do, so I've got a need, so I want to pray for it. Or I've got uh, to speak on Sunday, so I've got to prepare. That, that's fine, I've got to do something. But actually just to sit and listen and wait without everything going on because it does go on you know even when I do that I would say I'd be be sitting there just spending some time before God and the I'm sitting there and I'll last about two minutes and then it's right you've got this construction job going on and this guy's going to come in and that's going to come in the girls need to go to the airport and we've got to pack up and it it floods in but it's it's a matter of just being God I just want to be with you and I have to kind of almost keep resetting myself okay let's go again let's stop again let's stop again let's stop again. The second thing is that we must be, I believe, men and women of the Spirit. In John 4 and 24, it said, God is Spirit and his worshippers must worship in Spirit and truth. And that's how we're going to encounter God, is when we're men and women of the Spirit. Anything else is just a mental ascent. And I believe there is value in that, and that is a point that I've come on to. But actually, we need to be Men and women who are of the Spirit, and that's where we're comfortable in. That's where our natural place is. We happen to live here on earth, but as I said, God's plan for us is that we live with him in his garden and aware of that. And I believe actually the eternal realm, the realm of the Spirit, is far more real than what, we, what is the visible realm that we see here. Because the visible realm changes, the eternal realm doesn't. It stays the same. And God's plan and, and Jesus' prayer was that the kingdom of heaven would come on earth. That his will that's done in heaven will be here on earth. And so if we understand that, it's kind of, actually, this is the realm that I need to be moving in. This spiritual realm in the is what God has called me to do. That's why he's brought me into a relationship with him that says, come up here, son. As, as Brandon said, come up here and see it from my perspective. Because when we see things in the eternal realm, it enables us to operate in the temporal, the here and now. It's not that we become just, you know, blown, kissed away, brains kissed away and just floating around. No, it's actually a, a passion and it, from us comes a surety, not of arrogance, but one of god i know who you are i know what your plan is i see what you're doing and father i want what's happening there to come into this earth and i want to be a conduit of it it talks about in corinthians 4 it says we fix our eyes on what is see- sorry we f- we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal so to give you a practical illustration of this, we've had a um, re- recently quite a difficult time. Um, we do what we do and we run a uh, business over in the UK and it's been quite quiet. Uh, it's bit, there's no reason for it. There's, no, there's just nothing there to do it at all. And initially, my first reaction is panic and fear. I have to be honest with you. I don't live floating around in this area. That is the very fact of it. That is the very nature of it. And I could not find a peace on it. Initially, I'm, you know, it, it, it's disturbing me. Actually, through sharing it with other people, it actually caused something to shift. And going back to God then brings his perspective on it. You see, I believe that the situation that we face there is not a setback, but it's a setup. And when I see it from that perspective, all of a sudden, rather than looking at the natural situation thinking, that's not good. Actually, it's that may not be good, but God is good. And now he has the opportunity to work in that situation that I can give glory to him. But that's where it comes from and it changes it from something of fear to faith. That I say, God, you gave us this business in the first place. We have done our part. I'm not, I'm not negligent in what we're doing. That's, that's diligent. As I, as I shared in October, we've been generous in what we're doing. But actually now, this is a time for me to say, God, I trust in you. I trust in you. You gave us this in the first place. And now this challenge is an opportunity for me to enjoy seeing you work. And we want that, don't we? We all want a miracle but sometimes we're not so keen on having the impossible situation. Um, and I believe this is a, like I say, it, this is a setup from God. It, it challenged me. It, it, it did shake me right at the time I was preparing this. And I, you know I went through stuff. I thought, how can I talk to people about knowing God yet on this incident? I'm really struggling, but that's part of the process. That is part of the process, and I believe it's a statement of faith that says, God, I know you, I trust you, I believe you, because I know who you are, what you're about, and what you have for me, it causes to me excited in the face of a difficult situation. He's wonderful, isn't he? One of the uh, So the next point then, moving on, that I've got is the word, Seek, which Kerry said is really old. Um, it's a kind of an old English word. And so th- I think for that, we can use words of search. Um, soaking, which is probably a more modern word um, that people have used, and finding the secret place. But it's to constantly chase. It's to aim at. And it's to strive after. And I think what it, what it does is indicate something you have um, perhaps for uh, maybe a child when they're growing up. So I've lo- left my glasses here one time, and I'll um, we'll just put them under there. And you know what would happen is somebody says, "Oh, I've lost my glasses." Oh, we'll go and search for it. Yeah, I can't find them <laughs> because that's what I've done: casual search, have a look, and then it's like, well, they're going to be in that room somewhere. So then I may spend a bit of time looking around. Is it under the? Te- is it under here? Is it under here? No, I still can't find them, and I've given up. But I know they're in this room. And in the same way, we know God is to be found. So I just keep going until I find them. Oh, and there they are. Because that's our very essence. That's the very essence of what God wants for us. In Hebrews 11, it's, we know the scripture well. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly, that's it, seek him, pursue him, run after him. Not just, how's it going, mate? There's something of a passion that God responds to where he say, he doesn't hide. It's not that God hides from us to make it awkward. But again, it goes back to the first point. Our relationship with God is going to be so wonderful when we've actually put something into it. Anything else is just a casual acquaintance. And a casual acquaintance won't get you through difficult-facing obstacles. A thorough knowledge is what causes you to rise up and say, this is who my God is like, this is what we need to do. There is, plenty of, there is plenty of scripture, um, Matthew 6, when it talks about seeking first the kingdom, Psalm 24, such is the generation of those who seek him and seek your face. Knowing him comes about being in his presence. And we know we've got assurance in James 4, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, this is no, there's no guessing here. There's no, well, he might not. The word is ram-packed, full of God saying, I will do this. This is what I want. If you respond to me, I will come running to you. There is say, there is nothing there. The Lord is near. It says in Philippians 4. And I was challenged by this because this is on fees um, on their uh, counter. Just, uh, just over their sink. Philippians 4, 5. The Lord is near. Well, that's a good start. That tells me I'm not going off. Having to f- explore all sorts of things. He's already there. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, that sense that that sets the benchmark, but it doesn't set a benchmark that causes me to feel in any way condemned. It sets, a bench- it sets a benchmark that says this is what God wants for me, that I am not anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstances and situation, by prayer and petition and With thanksgiving, that's the key. With thanksgiving. So actually in the midst of situations that we face, we can be running after God, but all the time alongside that is a constant heart of thanksgiving. Because then my thanksgiving to God doesn't come out of what he's about to do for me, but it comes out of my relationship with him. Because one, is it almost a payback? God, I'll thank you because you've done this. The other says, God, I thank you because of just who you are, just being alongside me. And that's far more what God is after of our heart. It's fantastic. And it is right that we give him thanks and we declare, as John did last week, just to recount all of the things that God has done. But alongside that, and right alongside that is to say, that's who my God is. That's what he's like. And actually, that's what I'm going to give him thanks for because of who he is. Continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, the peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, i.e. the stuff that we're going to know, the peace of God that we're going to know, it will guard our hearts and minds in Christ. So we come to a knowledge of that and that's God's heart for us. The next S is to study for yourself. This has been fantastic for me, just looking into the scripture. And what I found is in just studying things, that words started cropping up over and over again. I don't know all the references for it, but I know something of the context. Which with modern technology, it's dead easy to look it up. But studying God, that's a part that we have to do. And it's something that we can do. Now, it, I accept that in doing that, I'm just reading. I'm just studying Okay so it's something that's going in my head to start with, that's what's happening but it doesn't stop there it doesn't stop there it's something we discover in God's word of who he is because that's what his word's all about he is described to us this is what I am you will find me as you read me because that's what God that's the word that's what it does the word points to who God is And so it becomes, it might start in that way that I'm just reading the Word, I'm just reading Scripture, but I believe the Spirit causes us to come alive and says, this is who God is, this is how you know me, this is what I'm like. Again, we can be schooled by others, just spend time. We've got fantastic guys that bring the Word, whether it be podcasts, teaching, things like that, that we've got, there's plenty of material there that we have just to immerse ourselves in things of others, just exploring who God is. The difference is, is, don't that. All I would say with all of that stuff, don't let that become your reference material. It's a great addition. It's a great pointer, but nothing will substitute knowing God than your own experience with Him and your own encounter with Him. Then finally, one of the things is to speak in tongues. I think we underestimate what's involved in that because it doesn't appear to our brains us saying it's like what is that how does that benefit you well it actually doesn't but It benefits me and God and Paul encouraged us in, in 1 Corinthians he says anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God anyone who speaks in tongues edifies themselves and I would like every one of you to speak in tongues it's fairly clear so it gives us something Of there where, again, we encounter God in the spiritual realm. Because naturally, the tongue means nothing to us, to our natural ears. But as part of knowing God, it results in us being a spiritual people. And that's part for us. And then finally is to share. Share with one another the encounters that you've had with God. Because that will provoke something in somebody else wow it's not that that becomes your pattern so okay so if I want to know God that means I need to sit down and play a hymn and then God will show up Hmm. but there's still something there that provokes in you when somebody shares an encounter that they've had with God and how they know him just like Brandon did this is what I've known this is what we've seen this is the provision that sharing of his knowledge of God causes me to say yeah me too me too As we said last week, do it again. Do it again, God. So for us, it's to be still, to be people of the Spirit, to seek God, to study, to be schooled, speak, and to share. God is on our case. God is on our case, church. And I believe during this season for us, there is going to be something different. There is going to be something different because We've had times where we've sought God. God showed up, there's been an encounter with God, but then disappointment may have come because what we expected to happen didn't happen. But usually, looking at that, it's because we expected God to do something. But what is going to happen, I believe, and I declare this is what's going to happen. This is going to be a time where we know God for ourselves, we grow in God, and it will be God working through us that causes to happen that which previously we thought He'll just do. But we'll have the excitement of seeing things happen, miracles happening at our hands, miracles happening, healings happen where we are laying hands on the sin, where we are seeing people born again because they've heard our testimony and our encounter. See, that's the responsibility on me. All I'm there to do is to reflect who he is. And so if I am wanting people, which I do, to come to know the Father, I want them to see him through me. And that's not arrogance. That's just God. I want to be so reflecting and know you so much that when people encounter me, they encounter the Father. So God is using me. God is using us for those things that happen. And so that what will be marked will be a generation that says, God, we know you. Not just we know about you, but God, we know you. We know who you are. Father, we've learned, we've grown in you. But Father, we will be those people that now bring on earth your will as it's done in heaven. Thank you, Lord.